0: Luke chapter 2, we'll be starting commencing at verse 11 and it reads, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord and this will be the sign to you you will find a babe wrapped in swallowing clothing, lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward me I want to invite you to stand and we're going to read uh, we'll look at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 and we've already done Luke chapter 2 for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government Will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank indeed again for this day. Thank you for this season that in the midst of all this chaos that's going on around the world, we have joy even though it may seem that the stars are falling from the sky and one nation is rising up against another nation death beyond imagination is still that glimmer of hope of the babe that was born in Bethlehem we ask now that you meet with us during this time pray for the filling of the spirit that these words would indeed lift up the name of Jesus In his name we pray. Amen. This marks a first for me. First time I've ever preached the day before Christmas, on Christmas. So it's a little antsy there. And one of the things that I pay close attention to is the behind the scenes movements of just about anything. We all get the big picture of what's going on in any particular case, but what did it take behind the scenes to get to that certain point? My job in the military was like that. I was always behind the scenes, working and moving in and out. As our brother knows the capacity of what I used to do, Never standing at the forefront. My job was to make people like him (laughs) successful. Think about it. To make people like him successful. Okay? Having his ear, advising him. Okay? No jokes intended. Uh, But as we come to this day of days, and that's what I titled this, The Day of Days, what went on? for us to get to this December 25th now to be honest we really don't know what day Jesus was born and i know that's a shock of shock to some but we don't know there's no evidence written anywhere that Jesus Christ born December 25th and i get a little Confused when I see 4 BC. He was born four years before he was born, so it's a little confusing. But somehow, some way, we arrive at this December 25th. Now, the earliest known celebration of that specific day took place during the calendar year of 336 336 and it comes from the roman calendar and it could be that because of a certain pagan holiday that took place during that time frame called saturnalia that that was the reason why this was injected during that time frame because it was a pagan holiday and yet someone thought maybe we need to put a thrill of hope within the midst of this pagan holiday now some also think that this particular date was chosen because of the winter solstice as far as winter coming into being the sun taking its lowest dip in the uh uh, the uh solar system but it goes back to this pagan holiday called saturnalia it was held in mid-december and uh, it was an ancient roman pagan holiday that uh, honored the agriculture god and you're familiar with this name saturn it's one of the planets and uh, saturnalia was the source of many of the traditions that we hold this time of year. Oh such as uh, wreaths, candles, feasting and gift giving. Now wait a minute, brother. Are you saying that all we're doing is towards this pagan holiday? No. No. The word of God makes it specifically clear as to how we go about celebrating Christ. If you would, turn over to Romans chapter 14. that's just... Because there are are many folks that would say we should not even commemorate the birth of Christ because it's not in the Bible. There are many folks that would say we certainly shouldn't put wreaths on the door because over in Jeremiah chapter 10, it says that you shouldn't cut down trees. And then over... uh, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm having a senior moment here. had one uh, Saturday with uh, my grandchild. Y'all know those fancy strollers that uh, are out, the three-wheel strollers, the ones that look like they could be in NASCAR? So we pulled this thing out, unfolded it, popped it, and went to the store, came back, and could not figure out how to fold it back up. My wife and I stood out there 30 minutes trying to fold that thing down. And I said, it's got to be something simple. It's got to be something simple. And sure enough, it was something simple. You just pull these couple of latches and then poof, down it goes. So we had our senior mom having one now. But in order to make things clear as to whether or not we should commemorate the birth of Christ, Paul lays the foundation in Romans chapter 14. It's a principle. It doesn't specifically say, yeah, you can celebrate Christmas. No, but it's a principle. Let's look at uh, verses 1 through 12. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eat only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Now, we're talking about meats offered up to idols. But there's an important principle in here. It goes on to say, who are you? Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Here's the important part. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. That each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. As long as we are commemorating the Lord, that's what matters. Now, there are folks that uh, don't believe that especially when it comes to the tree. Over in Jeremiah chapter 10, this passage, in verses 1 through 5, it warns the children of Israel against idolatry. Now, certainly nobody put this tree up with the idea that we're going to bow down to it and feed it, put a bowl of rice and some grits by it so that this tree will enjoy The givings coming from the person that made it makes absolutely no sense, right? So as we contend with this this argument of should we or should we not, the principle is given in Romans chapter 14. Now those folks were taking trees and carving them, cutting them down, overlaying them with silver and gold for idol worship. But I dare to say that that's not what we do. In other words, you don't have to ascribe deity to those things and just making sure that your usage does not promote idolatry. Now, we don't have a tree. And you say, oh, you hypocrite. You, you just said we could have a tree. And no, we don't have a tree because we have a cat. Okay. Those of you that are cat people know that cats like to play with things and jump and tear things down. That's the reason why we don't have a tree. Now, a second suggestion about December 25th, how it became the date, is because of the spring equinox. There are some that think that Jesus was actually conceived on March 25th. And exactly nine months later, on December 25th, is when he was born. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Because we cannot know the day, but we know the season because we know that the shepherds watch their flocks by night. Okay? And we know that during that time of year, in that part of the world is the rainy season. Rain equates to plant growth. And if you're a sheep farmer, that's what you want It's plant growth so that the sheep can eat. They can forage. And we know that somewhere outside of Bethlehem, there were some shepherds that night. Is the date important? Yes and no. Yes, because from this aspect of when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. You go to the next slide. Uh, That previous slide is the day of days. Of course, 1944, June 6th, was the liberation of the continent of Europe under the tyranny of Nazi Germany. And I submit to you that December... 25th is a day of days because that's when the Savior was born. Now we typically don't think about what took place on December 24th. What was happening behind the scenes? Well unto us a child was born on the 25th but what happened on the 24th. Now you ladies out there that have had children. Y'all are the subject matter experts. When it comes to childbirth. Okay. I can only watch and make assumptions. So please forgive me. If I say something that doesn't make sense. Because it won't make sense. Because I'm a man. Okay. But back in those days. When a lady or a woman gave birth. And I think about what I've observed in the birth of my own children, the birth of my grandchild. I would dare to say, Mary had it a little bit rougher than what you would have in a modern birth. Okay. Now, in the context of my studying, it talked about the aftermath that once the child was born, that they would take the child and wash it with uh, olive oil. It would wash it with salt water, sometimes diluted wine. And it's believed that Mary had a painless childbirth. I don't know about that. I don't know. Well, you know, we know that she didn't have the privilege of getting an epidural. We know that she didn't have the privilege of certain pain medications. But we know that Childbirth is very risky, even during this day and age. I watched my daughter give birth, uh, go through the process, and I said, there's no way I could go through that myself. Hats off to every woman that is given birth. But as we think about what Mary went through, there was this, there was this call that went out to say, everyone, that is Jewish, return back to your homeland, no, to your hometown. Mary's nine months pregnant. Where they live was 80 miles from Bethlehem. How do you think they got there? Okay, they hopped in a Uber and uh, the Uber had a nice uh, Mercedes van and uh, gently placed her on the seat and drove her to Bethlehem. Now that's what would happen in 2023. And as my brother just alluded to. She perhaps got on a donkey. And rode 80 miles. Nine months pregnant. To Bethlehem. Every bump. Every step of the way that that donkey stepped. And perhaps they had to stop to give the donkey time to eat. And drink and so forth but 80 miles 80 miles on a donkey by itself is enough if any of you have ridden horses you know that that can be pretty arduous as far as the bumpy ride but nine months pregnant on a donkey 80 miles now when she arrived or when they arrived in Bethlehem we all like to think of that scene that you see right there on the photo, on the uh, slide. A nice, clean, stable, perhaps one of those uh, 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 those uh, mangers that are up and elevated with a nice bed of hay in it. Uh, go over to the next slide, please. Next slide. Uh, I've gotten ahead of myself. I've gotten behind Next slide. Go to the one. Okay, right there. If you notice, that's not a stable. More than likely, where they kept the animals was in a cave. More than likely, the manger that we often see that's elevated with the legs made out of wood with the uh, hay in it was something made out of mud, hardened, similar to concrete. So when they arrived, maybe it was dark because we have the words of the scripture that says there was no room in the end. Joseph couldn't call ahead and say, I'd like reservations. And uh, could you book us a room for me and my wife? And oh, by the way, I have a donkey and uh, he's going to need this and that. No, he didn't have that luxury. So more than likely when they arrived there, it was dark. And since this was the rainy season, it may have been raining. So imagine being pregnant, nine months, having ridden 80 miles. But the scriptures tell us. Now, son of David, fear not to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him, took unto him, unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. So all of this is coming to play on December the twenty-fifth. And remember, as Pastor pointed out, she was betrothed to Joseph. She was promised to him. But before they got married, there she is found with child. What was the occasion that would take place if a young lady got pregnant outside of wedlock? Penalty was death. So we got all of this stuff going on behind the scenes where when we watch that Charlie Brown Christmas, we see that all of a sudden things just fell into place, right? But there was some stuff going on behind the scene. She brought forth her firstborn son. Why? Because it was decreed by the Lord. And said that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now, why Bethlehem? Why Bethlehem? Eh, Okay, we know that that's the town that they were from. But there's also a behind-the-scenes reason why Bethlehem was chosen. And we fast forward now to where the shepherds were. Now, these shepherds were not just ordinary shepherds. These shepherds were tasked with raising the lambs that will be slaughtered in the temple. How about that? So, when it was decreed unto them or declared unto them to go into Bethlehem, into the town, and they were told you'll find the Messiah in swaddling clothes, they knew a little bit about swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes is just rags. And it's something that they wrapped the lambs with as they cared for them to be taken into Jerusalem to be slaughtered. And the law that was decreed said that the distance from where those lambs are raised from the temple should be no more than five miles. Guess how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Five miles. What a coincidence. What a coincidence that those shepherds that raised lambs specifically for the slaughter in the temple just happened to be five miles outside of uh, uh, Jerusalem in Bethlehem. And then the angels appeared to them and told them to go and see the Messiah. There was nothing that was left undone As his force for them knowing that this was the advent of the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they knew exactly what was going on. When the angel told them you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, they knew exactly what was taking place because that's what they did for a living. And they also was aware of the scripture over in Micah chapter 5, verses two through five. But you, Bethlehem of Pathra, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that who that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this shall be one piece. And then we fast forward, and the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. We find that the Father has given this world a gift, the gift of Jesus. Now, tomorrow morning is going to be very special for many of you. It's the season that we all come together to celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And on this day, we'll gather with family and friends and we'll reflect on, or we should reflect own this gift the gift of Jesus and as we contemplate this particular gift you have to agree with me just as the 25th was the day of days Jesus Christ was the gift of gifts his gift his love he's filled with mercy he's filled with grace and it is he and he alone that brings a joyous glow to all of us. Now, the definition of a gift is something that is given freely, something that is associated with special occasions, holidays, graduations, and so on. My birthday, you know, if some of you want to take, take a list. But there's so much concerning this gift that was given to us. I could go on but I won't because pastor said keep it under 17 points and I've only gotten to number number one. Just kidding I'm at my first point going to wrap it up with this gift of gifts the most important thing that he provides for us is salvation to all who believe salvation to all who believe believe in trusting his finished work on Calvary, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, our ability to go from darkness unto light, from death unto freedom. I don't know about you, but I know, I remember when I got saved, it felt that the entire burden of the world was lifted off of my shoulders and out of my heart. I remember that day well. That was a day of days for me, March 23rd, 1986. But we find that that's a necessity to grasp what that gift means. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. If you can recall the day that you got saved, you remember when those shackles were lifted off of your feet. The important thing, though, is to come to that knowledge. Many people will miss going to heaven from a distance of about 18 inches. They have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ, but not a heart knowledge of jesus christ now i won't uh assume that everyone here is saved that's not my job my job is to put forth the gospel the message so if on this particular day which is the day before the day of days you don't know jesus christ please accept him in your heart by accepting this gift we are guaranteed to receive eternal life. And we are able to experience freedom from fear, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame as we bask in this knowledge that Jesus Christ loves us unconditionally. Now, if you're like me, there's some people I like. There's some people I love conditionally. I'm a sinner. Haven't arrived yet, I'm sorry. But Jesus Christ loves us unconditionally. Secondly, the magnitude of this gift is that we will get a new life. You're not going to believe this, but uh, I used to be a scoundrel. Scoundrel, scalloway. As one of my friends used to say, a scoffer. Some of y'all know what a scoffer is. But when I met Jesus, he changed that way of life. Now, you might say, well, how in the world did your wife marry you knowing that you was a scoundrel? She didn't know I was a scoundrel. Okay. The events that took place led to me getting saved and then her hearing about those things that uh, was in my repertoire. But Jesus gives a new life. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 and 18, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Not only did he save us, he gave us something to do. This ministry of reconciliation is such that everyone within our realm, everyone within our household... Our friends, our neighbors should be touched by the testimony that you have. A new life in Christ. The Word of God also says that when you get that new life, you have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. There is no way I could stand up here and do this without Jesus Christ. There is no way I would have considered doing this without Jesus Christ. There's no way I would have considered talking to anyone about the things of God without Jesus Christ. And you say, well, wait a minute. All of this talk about witnessing and stuff like that's what he wants us to do. And it's through him that we have hope for the future. Over in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. As we allow him to work in our lives, he begins to change us from the inside out. Think about that. Think about somebody you Probably a think, uh, that you can think of that there needs to be a change in their life. I submit to you, you can't do it. There are folks that go into a marriage thinking, I can change him once we get married. I can change her before we get married. Absolutely, positively not change comes from within and the best change is when Jesus does the changing through his love through his grace and through his mercy we are empowered to overcome all struggles think about think about the most dominant struggle you have right now and don't make the mistake of saying Lord Jesus please take this away no. Lord Jesus, help me get through this. And many of you know the old song, Lord, don't take away my mountain, but give me the strength to climb. That's an important principle that we're going to have trials and tribulations. But he gave us life and life more abundantly so that no matter what takes place, you are able to overcome Thirdly, he gives the promise of a new home. Now, here's the thing about this new home. There's a song that we used to sing "Oh, I've Got a Mansion Just Over the Hilltop. Um, that's not exactly the picture the Lord wants you to have. One of those Rick Ross type mansions or the former Evander Holyfield type mansion. That's not what the Lord is going to give you. Our pastor alluded to that a couple of weeks ago. That word mansion means dwelling place, okay? So, if you've been thinking, and and unfortunately I was thinking the same thing up until it jumped out at me that that's not the case. I'm going to have this big mansion, the street in front of It's going to be named after me. It's going to be made out of gold. And uh, we're just going to have a snuff-dipping good time up in heaven without the snuff, of course. But the words mansions and house, it literally means an abode. It's translated from the word rooms. So we will be in the presence of the Lord in such is the case, a big room. And there'll be people all over from God's family. And right now, we're supposed to be getting used to getting along with each other. Now, and I know everybody within these four walls, we all get along, don't we? Tough me and Toby. He knew this was coming. I would say something about him. And today is no different. Um, Toby, I'm in pain wearing these colors. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So Jesus is going to bring us all together into his presence to live within his presence. But it's not like we're going to have these huge mansions because it doesn't say that. It's kind of one of those oddities of the King James Version. There's nothing wrong with it, but remember The day and time in which it was translated, it was using Old English, so to speak. So within God's heavenly house, we're going to live within his presence. And uh, again, it's not like that mansion that's out there in Fayetteville. Now, the audience that was listening to him, that was something new to him. Because as Christians, whether we were saved or not, uh, uh, let me rephrase that. As churchgoers, we had always heard that there was a heaven and a hell, and we all heard at one point or another about the mansion that we would acquire once we passed away and went there. But that's not the case. Sorry, I busted some bubbles. Sorry, I deflated your view of the mansion. I'm sure that once you get to heaven you'll forgive me of doing that now lastly those that have taken their shoes off you can put them back on (laughs) lastly we have the comfort of his second coming he's coming back he's coming back and the more I turn the news on the more I see scripture unfolding right before our eyes, I see that the day is getting closer. We don't know the time, but we know the hour. It's the hour that you think not. Okay, So he is coming back. And Paul tells us over in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, I would not want you to be ignorant. I'm coming back. Concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. That's what what I love, is that we have hope. Because there may be some that think, okay, uh, we come into this world, we live a life, we raise children, and then what? We die. Then what? Okay it was a series of questions like that that got my attention then what I almost died one day when I was in uh, on active duty and the question was then what salvation answers that you're with me now I got you and just like I came the first time I'm coming back a second time but the second time is going to be different the second time is going to be some Busting. ruling with a rod of iron what do you do with a rod of iron you hit people across the head with it so when he sets up his kingdom now I'm not saying he's literally going to hit someone across the head but there's that threat you've thought about why he's having that rod of iron it's to enforce those things that he has said But back to our passage, before I start chasing rabbits. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So imagine if we're if we had a cemetery out here just for a split second. When the rapture took place, took place, takes place, and we see those dead bodies coming up out of the grave. I have a vivid imagination at times. Those bodies coming out of the grave to be reunited with those souls in the air. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air with the Lord. Now, this is not some hocus pocus high in the sky type of scenario this is what the Lord instructed Paul to write that you have hope and this is how it's going to culminate when I come back and the scripture says therefore comfort one another he's coming back now there's a question instead of then what question is are you ready are you ready have you done your PCC's (laughs) pre-combat checks checked within am I ready those that are saved of course I'm ready I'm saved but Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing when we're supposed to be doing it so that there's no shame when he comes? Are your friends ready? Are your relatives ready? Well, I can't answer for them, but no, but we are the instrument of talking to them about that day. Tomorrow is the day of days as far as the first advent or the first appearance of Jesus Christ. Day of days. When he comes back, it's the day of the Lord. And in some cases, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But it is up to us to convey that message so that the circle will be complete. If you've got children, ensure. Your children know the Lord. If you have relatives that will listen, and I know some of I got to have all of that. Okay? Give it to them. Give it to them. Are you ready? So, finally, as we reflect on this day of days, let it be a day of joy and peace provided by Jesus not something that we've manufactured ourselves and what I mean by that that you know when kids come in and I remember mine literally diving off the top of the couch because they had presents there under the tree they didn't know just yet okay? but that would be after after I read them the Christmas story they were not allowed to open up a single present Until I read them the Christmas story. And when they became teenagers, they would not open a present until they came. Can you get up and come and read us the Christmas story? Okay. So let that day be a day of peace. A day of reflection. And a day of knowing That that is the day of days. If there's one here that has not received Christ. I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to use it. I beg you. I beg you. Because I know the end story. I know that when the culmination of all of this takes place, there's going to be great joy for some great tribulation for others please 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 be on the side of great joy the door is open if you don't know Christ let us show you from the word of God how you can know 100% for sure and if you do know Christ don't fall into the trap that many fall into of the darkness of this season those bad memories that come along because of tragedies that have taken place during a Christmas holiday this used to be the worst time of year for me until I grasped that knowledge that no matter what I can have joy through Jesus Christ notice I said joy not happiness a young man stopped me as I was walking through Sam's the other day, and, I, and I'm done. And uh, I don't know why he stopped me. Maybe it was because I was distinguished looking or something like that. He said, you got any advice for me? Because I just told him, no, I don't want your product. I don't want your AT&T. I've got AT&T, okay. He said, you got any words of advice for me? I said, don't base your coming in and going out on happiness. Base it on peace. I said, but there's only one way that you can get peace. I don't know where you stand. This is what I told him. I don't know where you stand when it comes to your religious belief, but my faith is in Jesus Christ. Therefore, I can have joy regardless of what takes place, regardless of what's thrown at me, regardless of what falls on me, okay? I can have joy. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we give you thanks uh, for this day. Lord, I pray that the word spoken have an effect on all of our hearts not because I said it but because of thus saith the Lord and we pray that as we get ready to observe this day of days the most important day that ever took place in mankind mankind's history that we would be mindful of the reason for the season is because you came to this earth you set out on a mission for 33 years and that you at the appointed time bled, suffered, and died for those that would believe. I thank you for that. There may be some here that don't have that assurance, pray that literally you would trouble their souls until they accept you. Pray for the Christian who may be struggling with memories of bad Christmases. Lord, that you would give that person peace. Lord, that you would enlighten them. That you would give them joy. To make the focus on you versus the event that took place. And as we go forward, that we will be mindful of spreading the good news, the good news of the birth of the Savior. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray.